The Power of the Word is brought to you each week by the support of our partners and friends. Last week on Power of the Word. We are three-part beings. We are spirit, soul, and body. And so you can have a, a, a demon harass your body and harass your mind and even get in your mind. But as a Christian, a demon cannot enter your spirit. So a Christian can never be fully demon-possessed. Now they can be demon-oppressed, highly oppressed. And you have to deal with it. But a Christian can't be demon-possessed. One of the most important lessons that you'll ever learn is how to tap into God's timetable for your life. He has amazing things planned for you, but He wants to give them to you in the right timing. In this dynamic book by Dr. Ed King, you'll see that everything in life has a time and a season, and you can be more confident than ever that your next move is by the inspiration and timing of God. To receive the book, The Timing of God by Dr. Ed King for only $13.50, call us at 1-800-956-4433 or visit us online at poweroftheword.com. Trust God and His perfect timing for everything in your life. So he's talking about kind. Okay. I am of the king kind. Do you follow what I'm saying? That's my genetics. That's my family tree. That's my heritage. I'm from the king clan. Now this word here, kind, is a word related to genetics. It's a word related to generation. It's a word related to kin, K-I-N. Okay? So there's family curses that get passed along into people. There's genetic things. Now, I know that in the Old Testament it says that a, a man's sin can be passed on to the second and third and even the fourth generation. Now, I don't believe that in the New Testament, <clears throat> especially if you're a trust person who's trusted Jesus Christ. I don't believe the sins of the father are put on the son or the daughter. However, I do believe many times that the sins of conditioning are passed on. I believe that you can be trained in sin. I can believe you can be trained to live wrong. I believe you can have bad parental examples that cause you great problems later in life. I believe there can be things that we pick up through what we would call, now listen to me, okay? We've heard this phrase used a lot. And sometimes I'm a little, I wonder sometimes if, if we're saying and using Scripture right, when we talk about, listen, generational curses. That's exactly what he's talking about. He said, 
generational curses are not broken, but by prayer and fasting. It's exactly what he said. He said this kind. So they were doing okay with all those other kinds until they got to this kind. So this passed down generational curse that settles in on people. You say, what is a generational curse? Well, a generational curse, and, uh, you know, there's, there's all kinds of ways to look at it, but a generational curse would simply be something that uh, what the father did, the son does. What we've been associated with, um, we see people do. An example of that would be second, third, fourth, or perpetual poverty in a family. Do you mean poverty? You think poverty is a sin? I think it can be. The Bible certainly doesn't teach it. Jesus broke the power of it. But you see people who can't get free from it. And I mean they're living third and fourth and fifth generation poverty and proud of it. Okay, so you have things like that that go on. Then you see alcoholism get passed along, passed along, passed along. Well, I don't think it has to be that way. But a child that's raised in a home with an alcoholic and they see that behavior going on, then they begin to pick up the behavior. They begin to follow the examples of the things that have gone on before. They begin to learn how to do it. So sin or what we'd call generational curses is not necessarily passed along just because the sin itself is passing along, but the lifestyle that brings the sin is passed along. Where there's been abuse in a family, verbal abuse, physical abuse, all sorts of things. When you see that sort of thing go on, that can get passed on, and a child can be deeply scarred from it. And a child later in life can't get free from it. That's exactly what he's talking about here. This kind. Goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. It's generational evil. It can be transmitted by a familiar spirit. A familiar spirit is a spirit that it has the same root as the word family. And so a familiar spirit can get in a family and wreak havoc. And if somebody doesn't stop it, it'll continue to run till it's stopped. How do you stop it? That's what we're talking about. Well, we don't seem to be able, you know, we're, we're fifth generation this. We're fourth generation that. I've repeated what my dad did. A daughter repeats what her mother did. I'm talking about in the negative. You know, five divorces is not the will of God. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So wh what I'm getting at is you, you begin to see perpetual sin or perpetual lifestyle. It can be genetic, but it can also be spiritual. Or it can be hereditary. For example, um, there's a, you, you ever, you ever fill out some papers for your doctor and they'll ask you, well, uh, what, what did your mother, uh, what was in her family? Do you, do you have uh, aunts and uncles with heart problems? Do you have 
Uh, is, is diabetes there? See, that's, that's genetic. But it still gets passed on. Genetic, kind, this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. My God, do you realize how serious and important this is? We just think we're stuck. We ain't stuck. And then, you know, then, well, you, you get these questionnaires that ask, you know, your family history and, you know, what what did your dad die of? Is there cancer in your family? And they would get these things passed on, you know, breast cancer just, you know, goes down, you know. And, and we think we're stuck. We get the idea that, see, it's different than normal because, it has that genetic element to it. And we think we're just destined for it. And it takes another level of deliverance to get it out. This kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. See, we don't know what that demoniac, what had gone on in his family. And I'm not saying anything had gone on in his family. But he did have to go back and talk to his family. He was told by Jesus to do it. So there must have been something that needed to take place. Poverty gets passed down. Health issues. You know, and there's some things. in When you study quantum um, dynamics... And I don't, uh, the, the more I know about quantum realities, the more I realize I don't understand. That's in, in people who even work in that field, they'll tell you about the same thing. The more they know, the more they realize they don't know. How can you take a molecule, an atom, a particle, some form? You see, all things are living. How can you take and split it. You can split an atom and you can take one half a thousand yards away and you excite this part and that part moves. That's quantum reality. How do you take identical twins and you separate them maybe at birth? And one lives in one part of the country, another lives in the other part of the country. One gets sick and the other feels it. That's quantum reality. You can't explain that. I can't explain that, but you can't deny it either. That's truth. That's the truth. So what we do just around us or behavior or exposure to certain types of behavior, is that all there is? I promise you not. Genetics has a lot to do with who you are. You may have never been raised by your parents, but your genetics are still a part of your being. Well, they were, they, my, my dad was a mass murderer. Well, you, you never were raised by them. Okay. Is there any genetic 
afterglow? I'll tell you how to make sure there isn't. You understand what we're reading here? This kind goeth not. You can't break the power of this in the normal way. But you can break it through the power of prayer and fasting. You can break the genetic hold. So the sin, you, you know, you're not being judged for their sin. But you have a propensity in your na nature to that. A propensity not acted on will die dormant. To have a propensity to a certain thing is not necessarily to yield to it. But the propensity will be uniquely yours and not everybody will share it. We are drawn away of our own lust. That's unique. Not everybody has the same lust. Not everybody has the same potential for failure at the same places and levels. We're all different. No, my parents were great parents, but they weren't perfect parents. You follow what I'm talking about? I had good parents, really. But there might be a few things I don't want to come along the genetic coding. What would that be? Well, I don't know. I mean, God would have to reveal that probably to me too. So I know I couldn't tell you, and if I could, I wouldn't. Because it taint none of your business. You get what I'm saying? I mean, you know, we are who we are, and we've got a right to be who we are. So Jesus broke the power of generational curses. This, this string, endless string of, of unhappiness and broken homes and depression. Folks, depression is one of these big issues right here. People get, you know, they just have a depressed nature. I mean, they just do. You look at them, you think, man. I was doing okay till I looked at you. <laughs> now, now I feel like I might be getting depressed. <laughs> you follow me? And, and so we see all these things, addiction, alcoholism, drug use, that string. Now I'm not saying you did it. I'm not saying you ever would do it. And you're certainly not guilty for them doing it. So it's not you bearing the sin of your fathers. It's being aware what's potentially there and knowing that through prayer and fasting you can break the curse of what he said here is the word this kind genos generation kinship that's how you break it that's how you break the hold of it now I can tell you I've listened to if, if I've listened to one sermon in my life they'd have to be in the tens of thousands I ain't never heard this preached. I didn't get this one from somebody. I got this one from the Lord. And he woke me up with this word. So it's like, if you don't like it, take it up with the boss because he's the one that spoke it. Amen. But you see that prayer and fasting. Now we're talking about prayer and fasting. We're, that's what we're doing here in the church. What are the benefits? Well, there's a big one. It's living that clean, free life and helping others get that clean, free life too. See, it's not just for you, it's for them. 
But I will say this, it's not just for them, it's for you. So there's a benefit in it for us and a deliverance for somebody else. So is prayer and fasting important? I'd say. Because this kind doesn't respond, according to Jesus, to anything else. And they had been given authority over unclean spirits. And they were surprised that this one didn't yield. So they had been seeing people delivered. It had become common to them to see people delivered, and they were stumped on this one. Now they couldn't get where they needed to be, and Jesus gave them the answer. And not only did he give them the answer, he's given us the answer. See, that's that stronghold that gets built up. It's stronger than normal. It's stronger than something you picked up, you know, somewhere else. This is running through the DNA structure. This is running through your, they're the fiber of your being. This one's deeper. It has a stronger hold. There's more of it going on. But you can get it out. And you can get the power of it broken. Amen. He sent his word and healed them. As the word goes out, it heals the hurting, mends the wounded, uplifts the weak, and nurtures the hungry. Through power of the word, we are taking that healing message of hope to all the world, to change lives every day and make a difference for the kingdom of God. Partner with us and help change lives. Paul said that when you partner with a ministry, the grace that's on that ministry begins to be the grace that comes on you. As you're faithful, we know you will see God change your life as well. We have several ways you can give. Go to poweroftheword.com. Call us at 1-800-956-4433 or text the word GIVE to 1-865-978-6380. We find that Jesus, when he began his ministry, he fasted. We find Paul fasted, Moses fasted, David fasted, Elijah fasted. We find that even Cornelius, he'd been in prayer and fasting, and he was the first Gentile to get saved. So is fasting important? I'd say. I'd say, amen. Now, in this, in this flow of prayer and fasting, because we're combining these two in this season here in the church, and they're so important. But we find Jesus taught us in Matthew 6, and um, I'll go to verse number 9. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And you can, you can read on through that. And you know, you should probably know the Lord's Prayer. And he talks about forgiveness and lead us not to temptation and all sorts of things through there. But the point that I want to make is, is found in verse number 10. He said that in our prayers, one of the things that we're to pray is that his kingdom come. Now, I will say this to you, okay? There's, there's elements of the kingdom that are important to recognize. One is that we, when we came to Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God came to live within us. And so when Jesus was, was talking about this, this is before that happened. This is before the new birth. So the kingdom did come, right? Right? 
of the kingdom is within us now. However, the kingdom is not fully in manifestation. There will be a literal kingdom on this earth when Jesus comes and we step over into it. So it's partially been fulfilled, but not fully. Right? Okay, but the point that I want to make is found in this next phrase. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in the earth. And so this whole process of prayer and fasting is to pray the will of God into the earth. Now God has a will for this earth, but it will not be manifested without people in cooperation with it. And so when we offer ourselves in prayer and fasting, we're offering ourselves to the process of bringing God's will into the earth. Now there are people who believe, erroneously believe I might add, but they believe, Kesara, Sarah, what will be, will be. You can't change God's will. Whatever God wants is going to happen anyway, and you can't do anything about it. That is hogwash. God wants you to do something about it, and He wants to use you to pray His will into the earth. He has a will that He wants to bring to pass on the earth. But whatsoever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. So God many times waiting on earth to move so heaven can and so we offer ourselves submissively to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm here to pray your will into the earth. Now, the wonderful thing that God's done for us, he's given us, us this beautiful language through the power of the Holy Spirit to pray in a divine language, things and secrets, the scripture says, of things we do not know. Now, we find over in Romans 8, verse number 26, he said, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. Now, your infirmity here, an infirmity is not a sickness. An infirmity is a weakness. A weakness would be an inability to produce something that you need to produce. It could be called impotence. That's what it could be, a spiritual impotence. And so people are spiritually impotent. They can't get done what they need to get done. They try to make it. They try to get positioned. They try to get, you know, where they need to be in the will of God and whatever it is. They, and they just can't seem to get positioned for it. And you see that. You see people that struggle with life, struggle with the will of God in their life and various things. But he said, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth or helps our weaknesses or our inabilities to produce results. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. See, there's things that we pray up against, but we don't know what we're praying against. We don't know what the obstacle and the blockage is. We don't know where that's going on. God's got an obstacle. God wants everybody to be saved. We know that. He said that. But what's the obstacle? What's the blockage? What keeps a city? What keeps a church? What keeps a people from having a revival? What's the blockage? Where is it? Amen? For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself or Himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now that's that divine heavenly language He's talking about. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. So God has a mind. He has a, he has a will. And prayer begins to allow His will to be expressed in the earth. God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But why don't they? Many are called, but few are chosen. We're the ones that do the choosing, guys. 
Do you follow that? You didn't follow that. You could at least grunt from time to time so I would know you're here. Amen. Is anybody home? Yes. All right. For he that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And so when we begin to come to God in His heavenly language, we begin to pray God's will into the earth, but we also begin to pray God's will into our life and the lives of those we touch and influence, and those we begin to pray for. This kind will never come out but by prayer and fasting. So there's things that we get up against that we can't break it without the power of prayer and without fasting. And that's why we come together in these times. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to His purpose. Now that's one of the most misquoted verses in the whole of the Bible. Well, all things work together for good. You just got hit by a semi your car is broken in the shop. It's going to cost you thousands of dollars to straighten out the mess. Oh, but God's will be done. Sorry, guys. You bought something that wasn't necessarily God's intention for you. Now, I'm not saying God won't use it. I'm not going to say God can't get good out of it. But there's a lot of things that go on that God doesn't have anything to do with it. He said, he said that when you pray... For His will to be done in the earth. And you begin to pray the mind of God into the earth. In that set of circumstances, then, then, all things begin to work together for good. They could work horribly wrong if you don't. So many people in life today have so many issues that have come into the life from the past. And when Jesus told his disciples, this kind goeth not out or cometh not out, but by prayer and fasting, he was talking about a particular category of demonic oppression that was on people. And a lot of that is generational. It, it's inherited, not necessarily genetically inherited, but maybe behaviorally. Inherited, We learn behavior and then we, we redo it. But God has a way of setting people free. No matter where they are in life, He has a way of doing that. And uh, of course, we've been talking about fasting here, but uh, that's not the only way, but that's one of the big ways that God goes to set people free. Now, if you're living in and dealing with oppression in your life, I want to just tell you right now, your answer is in Jesus Christ. And I, and I right now speak to you and I command that influence, that oppressing influence, I command it to leave you in Jesus' name. And if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, there's a way to not only get free, but there's a way to stay free. You need to ask him into your heart. You need to pray a simple prayer. Say, Jesus, I take you right now as my Lord and my Savior to give my life to you, to serve you today and forever. Sin, Satan, I don't serve you. Now, if you prayed that little simple prayer, let us know here at Power of the Word. We want to pray with you. Short prayer, quick, but it gets the job done if you believe. It's all by faith, guys. It's how it works. We love you. Enjoy being with you. See you next time. We hope you've been blessed by today's teaching. 
If you would like to receive this message by Dr. Ed King as an MP3 or CD for a gift of any amount, please visit us at poweroftheword.com or call us at 800-956-4433. Let the truths found in this message take hold in your life. Request your copy today.